I've, I've called my message Sons Revealed. I have often wondered as I've prepared for this, it could be called a whole lot of things actually, but we'll go with that for now. God always has an invitation for us. And the invitation is always for more. Always. It's always an invitation. And I love that it's an open invitation. You have been invited. Every single one of you. It doesn't matter what your background is, how old you are, what your culture is. Every single person has been invited. We're going to go wandering through Psalm 24. <laughs> I made it to the next psalm. <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> Let's see what God wants to show us in Psalm 24. Verse 1, he says, The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness of it, the world and they who dwell in it. New Zealand is the Lord's. Australia is the Lord's. Iraq is the Lord's. England is the Lord's. Pakistan is the Lord's. Singapore is the Lord's. The States belongs to God. Canada belongs to God. Afghanistan belongs to God. China belongs to God. Japan belongs to God. Every nation on this planet belongs to God. Because that's what he says in here. They belong, and all those that dwell in it. All those that dwell in it. <laughs> irrespective of colour, creed or culture. Every single person and the planet belong to him. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it, and they who dwell in it. <clears throat> we belong to him. We are his delight. We are his obsession. Did you know that? He's obsessed with you. We are his masterpiece. We are his beloved. You are his creation. You are his delight. And we belong to him. How beautiful is that? And that was verse 1. Verse 2. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the currents and the rivers. This is the planet. It just takes you back to Genesis, right? The earth was without form in Genesis 1 verse 2. It was an empty waste and darkness, which of course symbolizes opposing God, was upon the face of the great deep. Some translations say the great deep waters. And the Spirit of God, the breath of God, the Ruach of God, was moving. 
hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. And those waters that he was hovering over were waters that bring life. There was such anticipation. Can you feel the anticipation? Holy Spirit's brooding. The Father's about to say something. And what he's about to say is a living word, Jesus. The whole three of them in on this. Don't you love that? Holy Spirit hovered over an empty womb. And Holy Spirit hovered over an empty tomb. When he hovered over the empty womb, the Son of God was revealed. When he hovered over the empty tomb, the Son of God was revealed again. But, uh, you know, initially he was revealed to, to man, and now he's revealed to all princes and powers and principalities. Above, below, and on the earth. The resurrected Christ. The Holy Spirit is hovering over our dark places, over the chaos. How exciting is that? <laughs> Romans 8:19 tells us that for the creation eagerly waits for the revelation of the sons of God. The Amplified says, even the whole creation, all of nature, waits expectantly and longs earnestly for God's sons to be made known. It waits for the revealing, the disclosing of their sonship. The Passion Translation says, the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. We don't know anything yet. There's a revealing of God's sons and daughters that is about to happen on this earth that will blow our minds. Who are we, really? Who are we, really? I think there's a key and a journey that we must go on. Verse 3. Who shall go up to the mountain of the Lord, or who shall stand in the holy place? Here's the invitation. There is always an invitation. Will you come? Will you come up the mountain? Will you dwell in the holy place? Will you be so hungry for him that you can't stand not to be in his presence? To be in his presence is to be consumed by his love, for he is a consuming fire. Oh, to be so full of him. Oh, to be so embraced by him. Oh, to be in such union, such intimacy. He wants your all. He knows that what you behold becomes what you become. What you behold is what you become. He knows that. In him and in him alone, you find you. You find your true self. 
sons revealed. I sat on the father's lap, on papa's knees. I snuggled in so close, so embraced, so wrapped in his big hug, so close I could hear his heartbeat. I heard him say, will you come? Will you come to me? I just want to love you. Revelation 4 says, come up, come up, come up. I want to show you things to come. I don't know about you, but I want to be there. (laughs) Your future is in him. Entwined with him, in union with him, inseparable for all eternity. Can you get your heads around that? Probably not. But he's much bigger than our heads. This is a heart thing. Entwined in union with the God, our creator. The God of the universe, the Lion of Judah. The Lamb that was slain. Isn't it interesting that the ark rested on a mountain? There's plenty of valleys it could have ended up in, but it rested on a mountain. After the flood, mankind got to start again from the mountain. We get baptized, we get to start again from the mountain, from the mountain of his presence from a place of rest. (laughs) Me in him and him in me. So who shall go up into the mountain of the Lord? Who will stand in this holy place? Will you come? until you read verse 4. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted himself up to falsehood or to what is false, nor has he sworn deceitfully, he's the one that shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. It reminds me a little bit of Isaiah, who had beheld the Lord of glory And this was his response in chapter 6, verse 5. Then I said, woe is me, for I am undone and ruined because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphim, heavenly beings, that is, to me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar. A live coal from the altar. A live coal from the altar is a being called Jesus and touched his lips. 
your iniquity and guilt are taken away. And your sin is completely atoned for and forgiven. Oh no, we might say, how can I reach the one my soul longs for, for even though I didn't know it, but Jesus is the way. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I have never always had a pure heart. (laughs) We so do not qualify. Aren't you glad that Jesus did that for us? I ran into his embrace. I touched his hands. The hands that had holes in them. From the nails that he took for me. I kissed his feet. They also had no holes in them from the nails that he took for us. He paid the price. He said, it's done, it's finished. And like Justin said in the prayer meeting this morning, the the curtain, the veil has been torn. They cannot put it back together. This Jesus, this Saviour, this Redeemer has captivated my heart. It didn't matter that it cost a year's wages as she poured perfume upon him. It didn't matter at all for such as he, her saviour, the lover of her soul, my saviour and lover of my soul, our saviour and lover of our souls. It didn't matter what the cost was to worship her Lord. He had rescued her from the ravage of the world. He had rescued her from her loss. There is only one way up the mountain, and that way is Jesus. (laughs) Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except from through him. How great is this salvation? How great is this redemption? He has qualified us to go up the mountain. Wow. This is the generation, verse 6, of those who seek him, who inquire of and for him out of necessity they require him. The ones who seek his face, O God of Jacob, Selah. Pause and think about that a people whose God is everything. The very breath that I breathe, the intoxicating presence of our God, oh, to be drunk on this heavenly wine, oh, to be altogether consumed by him and him alone, oh, to never live another minute without him. (laughs) Why would I want to do that? Moses said, we can pack up our tents and go anywhere, but we will not go anywhere without your presence. Moses said, we can pack up our tents and go anywhere, but we will not go anywhere without your presence. 
Moses said we can pack up our tents and go anywhere, but we will not go anywhere without your presence. We wouldn't dare because he is our everything. A people who long for the real deal, face to face with God, a people where he is everything. You will know them. They will not care for title or position. They will not be distracted by comparison or competition. The storms of the world will not cause them to falter, for they are single-focused on him and him alone. They are mountain dwellers. They have encountered the unfailing, unlimited, outrageous love of God. They have met with peace, bubble up with joy. They know who they are, and more importantly, they know whose they are. They are sons of the Father. They are sons revealed. Verse 7, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you age-abiding doors, that the King of glory may come in. The Passion Translation says, so wake up, you living gateways, Lift up your heads, you doorways of eternity. That's you. We're gateways. Living doors of eternity. Our time here on the planet is the the filling of the sandwich, I think, because we were before, we are now, and we will ever be. God always does things in three. Who is this king of glory, we say? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Yahweh, armed and ready for battle. Yahweh, invincible in every way. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you age-abiding doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? It's the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Ready for battle, the mighty one, the invincible commander of heaven's hosts. We are the gates and we are the doorways. Who is this King of glory? He is Jesus. It is Him who is the Son revealed. It is him who reveals us as sons. He doesn't want to just be in you, but he wants to go through you. Who can hold him in any way? Who are we that we think we could contain God? (laughs) That's crazy talk. You know that the glory of God means everything that he is and everything that he has. It's all of him. It's his love, it's his wisdom, it's his power, his majesty, his wealth, his strength, his excellence. It's his authority, his holiness, his wonder, his goodness, his kindness, his mercy. There aren't enough words in the English language. This is his glory and it is weighty. And he's looking for a people who will go into the mountain and, and carry this glory. 
and carry the very essence of our God. The glory of something or someone is when it or they are at their absolute best. The full and complete demonstration of every potential that it possesses. It is maximized living. It's sons revealed. You will never know your full or true self until you know him. We can't, I heard someone recently say, we can't be completely human without him. We actually cannot be completely human without him. But there is a thief amongst us who is trying to steal our identity. Jesus said in John 10.10, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Not just enough, but more than enough. The thief will steal your faith, he will kill your hope, and he will destroy your love. The thief will steal your identity, he will kill your image and, and destroy your inheritance. The thief will, st- at least he tries. The thief will try to steal your peace, kill your joy, and destroy your righteousness. He will try to steal your attention, kill your intention, and destroy your dream. He will try to steal the truth with a lie, kill identity with a question, and destroy your hope when you agree. He tries to steal the truth with a lie, kill your identity with a question, and destroy your hope when you agree. He tries to steal the truth with a lie, kill identity with a question, are you really like God? Destroy your hope when you agree. He does it all with a lie and accusations. You're not good enough. You don't belong. You don't deserve. You have no value. You are worthless. The words of my mother I heard as a young child was, I wanted twins, but not now. So can you imagine the impact that had on me as the number two? Not wanted. It was a lie. Never for a moment did she not want me. But I took it and I agreed with it and spent some time having to deal with that in my life. The best part was I read in the Bible all the second born of the twins seemed to do better. (laughs) No, that's not true. My first, my twin sister is a beautiful person. So what happens 
when we hear these things and we agree, what happens is our soul reacts. And the way our soul reacts includes this big list I'm about to read out and more. Our soul, we feel angry. We feel rage. We feel shame and guilt and fear. We feel timidity, self-rejection, hopelessness, depression, bitterness, jealousy, addiction, judgment. We're judgmental, we're critical, we compare, we're not good enough, we're excluded, we're insignificant, we're offended, we feel hurt, we are hurtful. We're defensive, we're impatient, we're unkind, we're unworthy, we're opinionated, we're rejected, we're separated from God, we think, we're cornered, we're ravaged, we're crowded, we're divisive, We have nowhere to run and we have nowhere to hide. I think I've felt all of those things. It's the ravage of the enemy who tries to steal, kill and destroy. Our soul gets battered. It's not the real you. All this stuff is not you. It's just the reaction to being battered by the nonsense that goes on in the world. But isn't it great that we have a saviour and his name is Jesus and he came to give abundant life for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. (laughs) I can list just a few. He's the way, the truth and the life. He's the bread of life and living water, this abundant life, restoration of all things, redeemed in full, made righteous, strong, victorious, sanctified and justified, peace in the midst of chaos, patience, endurance, possibility and promise, bountiful and abundance, overflow and more than enough, pure delight and life to be endured. We are his blessed, more beautiful than beautiful and bigger than big. The nature of God is the very fruit of the Spirit that we read about in Galatians. It is the love of God that is unfailing, ridiculously enormous and unlimited. And it's described in such a beautiful way. It is joy that overflows. It is peace that subdues. It is patience that endures. It is kindness and sweetness in action. It is a life full of virtue, of goodness. It is faith that prevails. It is gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. That's the Passion Translation. Oh, so how does our soul respond to that? Because after all, our soul is reacting. How does our soul respond to that? It goes, well, first of all, I'm really thankful. Like, really thankful. I'm loved, I belong, I'm significant, I'm full of hope and faith, I'm gentle and peaceful, (laughs) I'm kind, I'm included, I'm delighted, I'm confident, I'm all is well. I'm accepted, I'm adored, I'm appreciated, I'm honored, I'm powerful, I'm healed, I'm one with God. I'm humble, I'm merciful, I'm caring, I'm fulfilled, I'm free, I'm unoffended, I'm warm, I'm amazing, I'm spacious, 
I'm, I have abundance. I'm, I'm whole. I'm full. I'm overflowing. I've probably repeated myself several times. But I can't help but bless. When my soul is ravaged by the other guy, I can't help but curse. Because hurt people hurt people. But healed people heal people. When I see that other stuff in my life, I run for cover. When I see, when I see disunity, when I see criticism, when I see judgment, even in here, when I see, in here, right? Even in here. When I see, you know, ugly rising up, I run back to the Father. Because Psalm 91 says that he who lives under the, I might have this not quite right, the shelter of the Almighty, hides under his wings, is kept safe from everything. That's a very paraphrased version of Psalm 91. That would be living from his presence. Brother Lawrence? Practicing the presence? Is that his name? He practiced the presence while he was doing dishes. Teresa of Avila practiced the presence while in the midst of pots and pans. Francis of Assisi practiced the presence while he was gardening. We can enjoy the presence of our God wherever and whatever. I've been testing that in my very busy life. And I have found that I can enjoy the presence of God in the middle of a busy work day. Wow, it brings such joy to my soul. It brings rest and peace. And I lean in, and I lean in, and I know his wisdom. To know or own the lie is to know or own the wrong me. That's not who I am. To know or own the truth is to know and own the real me. God is love, therefore I am love. That's the real me. <laughs> He's the Prince of Peace, therefore I am peace. That's the real me. He is gentle and kind. That's the real me. He is patient. I have to remind myself of that one quite sufficient. <laughs> dear, dear ones, our souls have been battered. So come to Jesus, come to him, come up that mountain. He wants to restore your soul. He is the refresher. He is the restorer. He is the healer. He is the one that makes us whole. Jesus is my shepherd. He's the way up the mountain where he restores our soul, where he restores our soul, our stolen identity. Let him wash you. We get dust on our feet, right? We get dust on our feet when we're out there. 
Let him wash you. It's not the real you. It's just the dust. Sometimes we see the dust on other people and go, it's not the real them. It's just the dust. And we wash each other's feet by declaring who we are, who we are in him. (laughs) This is a war for our very souls, but the king of glory, the king of glory, strong and mighty, is for us. He's not against us. Get your eyes off what's going on around you and onto him. For he and he alone is your saviour, your very present help in times of trouble. It's interesting that the ones that didn't go up the mountain in Moses' time got very distracted. They were agitated and distressed. They were confused. Then what did they do? They built a golden calf. Some ridiculous thing they called God, who neither heard them or spoke. A lifeless thing. When we, when we are preoccupied with the things around about us, this level, we get distracted. When we get distracted by these things, we get agitated. Because that is not the kingdom of heaven. God wants us to live from the mountain where he lives in his presence when all is well and then we can declare heaven come on earth. You can't do that from down here. Please God, please God, please God. He said you are sons and daughters of the Most High God, and sons and daughters know who they are. They know whose they are, and they know their armory. Sons are revealed or manifest in fullness when we are open to the King of Glory. But that means we have to go up the mountain. Oh, family, will you come? Let it not be one or two or three or four. Let it be all of us. I believe a time is coming in the body of Christ where it's not going to be the ones or twos anymore. God is looking for a people, a group. Let it be known to all of heaven and earth that the family here at Awaken have been awakened by the light, a light so bright, so penetrating that darkness has no chance, a light so full of life and love that bickering and dissension and division and criticism and judgment don't have a chance. Where our very own rights and opinions don't seem to matter anymore, because we have been touched by something so much bigger than ourselves, by heaven itself, by God himself, for he is a consuming fire and he just wants to love us. He loves us to health and wholeness, spirit, body and soul, where we become light and life and love. Everywhere we go to everyone we touch, there is nowhere we'd rather be than in him and him in me. Esther was an ordinary girl and she gave herself to the king. 
and change the fate of her people. Mary was an ordinary girl and she gave herself to the Holy Spirit and birthed the Son of God. David was an ordinary shepherd boy. He gave himself to his shepherd and became a king. Moses left the palace to find himself in God and became a friend of God, a leader of a nation. I could go on and on and on. The saints, Bible is full of them. Our planet is actually full of them. There are the cloud of witnesses that have already gone on that could tell you same stories. The invitation is here. Will you, an ordinary person, and please, I don't mean to belittle you, but hey, to be honest, we are just ordinary people, right? Will you, an ordinary person, give yourself to the king of glory and change your world and change your city and change your nation? Whether we change a nation per se, you know, like it might be the little one that you're holding in your arms, Abby. The light in you will change her life. Wow. What a call. Who knows what she will become? Who she will influence? Our teenagers that are struggling to figure out who they are, all they are is a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Of course they're trying to figure out who they are. We've not seen wings before. What are these? They are used to running across the plant or the stem with their little legs, and now they have wings. What a beautiful picture of our teenagers. They're turning into butterflies. We cannot help them get out of the chrysalis because if we do, they won't be strong enough to fly. So it's sometimes painful to watch as a parent. Because one minute they're carrying on like a chubby little caterpillar and next minute they're this beautiful butterfly. Who knows what your kindness towards your teenager is doing to their very soul? Who knows? We might not be a Martin Luther King or all the other famous people, but we're famous in our world. We're famous because we show kindness. We're famous because we choose not to be moved by our own opinions. They don't seem to matter anymore. The only thing that seems to matter is this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful God who is full of nothing but love and kindness and mercy. I listened to a near-death story by a woman recently and she was banging on at God about how she was so busy doing this and so, you know, she was having a, an encounter with Jesus she suffered from anaphylactic attacks that would put her in comas, so she got to meet Jesus a few times. And, and she was 
banging on to him about the fact that she was busy doing this and busy doing that, and he said, there's only one thing that I require of you. There's only one thing that I require of you, he said. Will you just let me love you? There's only one thing that he requires of us. One thing. Will you just let me love you? You go, oh, but what about all the stuff that needs to be done? I tell you what, when you're drunk on that wine, you'll do whatever you need to do, whenever you need to do it, with whomever you need to do it with. We don't need to worry about that. Sons don't care about titles or position. They care about him and him alone. Because they know when they're intoxicated with the wine of heaven, they will be what they need to be, when they need to be, what they need to be, where they need to be. <laughs> Sons revealed join the Trinity, for they are one, right? Jesus said, I am in you and you are in me and we are one. As they hover over dark places in a pregnant anticipation of yet another creative life-giving word being decreed. Let there be light. We join with the Trinity. Sons revealed are one with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit hovering over the dark places in our lives and in our world so that we can decree life You want to be powerful people? Come up the mountain and be one with him who is all-powerful. You might say, well, yes, but God doesn't want to share his glory with any. He's not. You're one of him. You are in him and he is in you. You are inseparable. My Bible tells me in Romans 8 that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. The love of God is God because he is love. <laughs> Let us at Awaken be a people, be that people. Sons being revealed. And daughters. This is not gender. Although I did say to some guys the other day that I was having lunch with, they said, oh, hi guys, it's great to have you here. I said, hey, I'm one of the guys. But then I suppose if you can be the bride of Christ, I can be the son of God. I'm not, you know, caught up on that. These sons who are being revealed because they spend time on the mountaintop are all consumed by him so that we can be consuming in our spheres of influence all consumed with the unlimited, unfailing love of God. I know it sounds real simple, but it's incredibly powerful. Will you join? Will you join me, Awaken? Will we be a people? Will we be a people that go up the mountain? 
Will we be a people that hunger for his presence more than anything else in our lives? Will we? You know what the cool thing is? When you don't feel hungry, you get to talk to him about that too. I know, I've been there. God, I don't seem to be as hungry for you as I think I probably should be. Will you fix that? Yep. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Will you just let me love you? Will you just let me love you? Will you just let me love you? I forgot to invite the worship team up. As we kind of head into this time of worship. Do you know that worship? I, w- I would like to change that word. I'd like to, um, you know, like bring it into this century and say, let's call it a time of enjoyment. Because to worship something is to enjoy it with all your heart. You think, you know, someone who worships rugby, they enjoy rugby. They talk rugby, think rugby. Someone who enjoys cars, and commonly known as a petrol head, but they talk it, they enjoy it. I wonder if we could go, let's, instead of, instead of going, let's worship God, or oh, there's nothing wrong with that, and if that's really precious to you, I don't want to take away from that, but what about if we said, let's enjoy God, let's delight in him for a short time, before we carry on delighting in him when we leave here. Mm-hmm. <laughs>